All right, so I have a question for you that I asked Ryan in one of these recordings. NASA calls you tomorrow. says, Eric, we're putting you on the next SpaceX trip to the International Space Station. Are you in or are you out? Are you in or are you out? You're in. Yeah. You didn't even blink. No, definitely. Awesome. We've had mixed results on this one. Huh. I think the uh, the submarine that got crushed like a soda can spooked Ryan. Oh. Uh, J- Joe Perry was also a hard no. Um, I am an unequivocal yes. Yeah, I mean, how often do you... I mean, actually, the, the submarine thing, I'd be more likely to go to space than the bottom of the ocean in a 4 by 4 tin can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not the same thing. Okay, well, I like your answer. Not not risk adverse. Well, I think uh, I'm pretty risk ready when it comes risk to risk ready. Kind of That's what I like. Yes. All right. All right. Well, we're risk ready. Are you risk ready to record this uh, podcast episode? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. You're listening to Casual Friday, Financial Insights Podcast, where financial advisors and certified financial planners from Ford Financial Group and their guests help you to navigate the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. We're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Welcome back to the Financial Insights. No, Casual Friday. Gosh, old habits die hard. The Casual Friday Financial Insights Podcast. Uh, If you are watching on YouTube, uh, I'd encourage you to subscribe. If you are listening on wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Eric, where do you listen to podcasts? I listen to whatever Google does. I just ask it to play something and it... And it does. It does. it. I don't know where it comes from. I like you're all in on the AI thing. Then, Well, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe there as well. If you want to listen, if you want to watch, we post these on YouTube. We do these every two weeks and we are joined today by Eric Simonians, CFP financial advisor here at Ford Financial Group. Eric, have you done one of these? We've done one of these before, haven't we? Yeah, we've done a couple of these. All right. Well, in I'm that case, dressed up. Back. you're always, you're always, uh, casual i see i feel like i'm the opposite last couple i've been dress shirt that's all right it's friday we're going casual either way it's uh i'm still coming i'm still reeling off of a super bowl loss so it's hard to to muster up the strength to throw i'm afraid to say this but i i actually i actually bet on the chiefs not not because i like them um, but because you thought they were going to win yeah and i just felt like how could taylor swift lose a super bowl well you were right so congratulations. I did not, I did not, I don't, I don't bet on my Niners. I feel like I jinx them, but maybe I should have because they, they maybe lost they needed you. and my 10 year old was inconsolable, like saw big sobs. It was a tough night in the Ullman household. Yeah. I'm sure he wasn't alone. Yeah. Now I'm sure there is some sort of, someone has figured out some alleged correlation between the market returns and who wins between the AFC and the NFC. We're not going to cover that today. Um, but it's been, man, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Yesterday, we're recording this uh, a little bit. We're, we're actually recording this before posting it on Friday. And so the markets are closed here on the 13th. And um, you can kind of, if you're watching here, you can kind of see this is um, orange is the Dow, purple is the NASDAQ, um, uh, um, Russell 2000 is yellow, SP is blue. If you look at this, this is a year to date chart. Russell was up 2% yesterday and like down 
three or four or five percent today. I mean, it's it's the um, one that's moving the most. You know, it's all because it's also the biggest lagger. So eventually, that's what people are expecting. I think to to catch up. Right, the biggest laggard over time. So we're expecting yeah. the Russell to catch up with the S and P. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, boy, and and but it's a it's the biggest roller coaster ride. Also, when you say it's just like with these small I mean, caps. I mean, small caps are the biggest beneficiary of no recession, and they get hit sure. the most with recession. So it's you know you, you got these four things that are kind of pushing this rally, and every time we yeah. get some news that cancels one out, you know, we, we see a day, a day like today. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we really shrink this down to five days, you can see like, look at these gaps right here on the Russell. And, and I think, I think you're right in that it starts to look like rates are going to be cut or it looks like inflation's under control. Small caps rally looks like rates aren't going to be cut and inflation's not under control, which is, you know, this, we had the CPI report today. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but don't you think it's a bit of a waiting game? Like that inflation's going to find its way down, if not to 2%, like sub three. I mean, it's, it's going down. It's just not as fast as everybody wants, but I don't think it's necessarily going down too slow. And no. I think it's just too much reading into one report after the other. Sure. Kind of Maybe markets got a little bit ahead of themselves in November and December, too optimistic about rate, uh, inflation coming down and therefore rates coming down. So. Yeah, you can see it. In the, I mean, I think it's now with 65% chance of no cut in may yeah so as those rate cuts get kicked down you know the markets kind of kind of react yeah negatively uh, interesting though because if we're going to have some volatility and if we're going to um if we're having volatility and we want to try and take advantage of that um you know we'll start with your chart for today uh which is oops i meant to share this Stand by. Um, talking about um, money markets and what's going Everyone's on with favorite. money markets. Well, they're kind of everybody's favorite right now. I put more money in money markets for clients at their request in the last year than I have in the last 16 years combined. I mean, I got a, I think it was um, maybe middle of last year, I got, you know, I got, you know, my bank statement and I saw this line entry in there. It said interest. I was like, what is that? You know, right. it's been a while since you get these kind of returns. Yeah. I think two things are at play. And so we'll see here. Um, so I think this probably caught your eye because we've got more money in money market <laughs> funds than we have in since like 1990. Um, I don't know if this adjusts for inflation or what, but um, this is showing the average yields on money market um, and the total assets. So this is the average um, yield of the hundred biggest money market funds, 5.2% last August highest in 16 years. And sixteen trillion in money markets. That's a lot, a lot of money on the side. Six trillion. I'm sorry, did I say sixteen? I meant six trillion. Um, yeah, that's that's a lot. A of lot money. of that coming from the savings accounts, right? Because you're still getting two nickels at your bank on your savings. Yeah, I'm not seeing at least the flows of people kind of running and hiding from their investments, but it's more yeah, pulling money out of the bank or under the mattress, so to say, to to get some returns. Yep, um, a lot of dry powder. As they say, right? Um, and and if we kind of go through here, you can kind of see just on the dynamics. This is from Visual Capitalist, uh, which we will post in the show notes if you want to take a look at this uh, page for yourself. But um, I thought this was a really insightful chart. 
Yeah, go. Well, why don't you why don't you walk through it for those who are listening and not watching? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're seeing um, like like you said, the highest rate in some sixteen something years. And if you go back sixteen years, that was you know right before our wait when we started seeing the rate cuts. Yeah. yeah. And you can just see this line. It's you know, what, what do you call it? It's just a big, uh, like a big canyon. You know, it's up, goes down, stays low for you know almost, a decade. Yeah, almost ten years, and then. Yeah. Um, COVID back to zero and now we're at the peak. So, I mean, we, I think everyone agrees that interest rates aren't going any higher. So no. And the, the fed chair said it as, as said as much on November 1st. And then he, and he went on 60 minutes. I don't know if you're a 60 minutes guy, um, but it had the, it had the ring of January uh, 2019, Right. When oh. when rates were going up in 2018, they peaked in 2019. And Powell said that interest rate increases weren't on autopilot anymore. He went on 60 minutes again, first week of January. Now this year saying that rate cuts were ahead. It was just a matter of time. Um, you know, I, I don't know if markets are going to rip the way they did in 2019. But I think what you've got is, you know, the thing about money market funds is that these rates are variable or floating. Yeah. And so as rates come down, this is going to become less attractive. Um, I mean, right now it's real attractive, right? I and mean, especially after you know the roller coaster rides we've had in the absolutely. last two years. So it's, yep. but when that rate goes down to, you no know, three, two, or even lower, yeah, it's really not attractive. And you have to look at the opportunity costs of keeping the money in there. Sure, and I know some clients who would say, "Oh, five percent a year, sign me up, I'll do it, risk free, not having to worry." You know, they're not they're not going into space like you are. They're they're like risk. <laughs> is wanting to get this 5%. So I think you're left with a couple options here. One of those options is to, um, one of those options is to kind of, well, I guess three options. You stick around in the money market and just write it out. Watch it dwindle. Yeah, and you get less and deal with it later. Um, Maybe lock it in, treasury, CD. Have you had anybody doing that? Um, Yeah, uh, toward the end of last year, had some, was a pretty good time. To, yeah. to lock those in at the 5%. But again, that's, I mean, you're looking maybe two years out the most. At the most, right? Yeah. I think one of the things that has the appeal of money market funds is that it's more north of 5% and it's liquid. You want your money out yeah. tomorrow, you get it out tomorrow without any, without any issues. It's not insured, of course. And then the third option is to say, hey, yields are down. I need to start. I mean, when markets were up in what, 21, 22, wasn't it called the Tina trade? Oh yeah. Um, there is no alternative. You couldn't get returns anywhere else. And I think as yields start to go down, we're going to find that some of this money is going to find its way probably Back into market. in the market. Yeah. A lot of dry powder. Um, the, the chart that I chose is allocation performance over time. This is a good one. Yeah. I like it too. This is kind of a newer one. It uh, it shows returns. So this is starting um, from this this one starts uh, from January 08, right? And what a lovely uh, time that was. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the beginning <laughs> of the end for a moment there. Um, Mark and it shows markets bottoming 2009, and then how long it took to get to break even in each of these portfolios. So we're looking blue lines 100% stock, yellow line is 60 40. Red line is 40-60. That's 40% stock, 60% bonds, and then 100% bonds in there. Not surprisingly, um, I mean, not listed here is that bonds broke even pretty quickly. Bonds weren't down all that much in 08. The bonds rallied fast. 
And no doubt, it's, it's kind of what you might expect to see eventually during this cycle is to get a real boost in the longer bonds, but, but it's got a cap, so to say, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and bonds, I mean, when rates are dropping from 5% to zero, I mean, that's going to be a tailwind for bonds. Now, don't get me wrong. Bonds were negative in 08, but they bounced back really quickly. Yeah. And um, they weren't down as much in 08, even as they were in 2022, right? Yeah. The ag was down 13 or something percent in 2022, where it was down only seven-ish, I think, if I'm if my memory serves, for 2008. Um, in February 2010, uh, a 40-60 stock-to-bond portfolio broke even first. And then um, – about a year and a half later, 6040 broke even uh, in 2012 or October 2011. So that's how long it took to bounce back. November 2012, all stock breaks even. And then in 2016, an all stock portfolio. So eight years essentially later, an all stock portfolio finally started to move higher. And it is now, it Wait, now uh, is doing laps around everything else. But it really shows you like what this where the smooth ride is. You know, I mean, obviously, if you have unlimited time, I'm going to tell someone to go 100% stock, right? Sure. But if you're, you know, want something smoother, you, it really shows the benefit of, of, you know, being diversified. Yeah, and you can have a mixture of stocks and bonds even in these rough conditions. Because even though we market bottomed in March of '09, like it was still touch and go. 20 2009 2010. And lots of talk about double dip recessions. Yeah. Um, you know, the Greece credit thing and what was going on in Europe and Germany loaning money to um, Greece. And the, I mean, there was a lot of our yeah. US credit was downgraded. I mean, it wasn't a smooth time in <laughs> 20, no, 2010, 11, 12, right? Um, but you were still able over those period, over that period, it actually having a mixed portfolio outperformed. So you didn't need to be full risk on. Yeah, to be able to generate solid returns, which if we're taking your money market chart and combining it with this, it would suggest maybe you know you, you can come out of money market, but has still have a conservative portfolio, so you can make a little bit more. Definitely get some enhanced returns. Yeah, the money yeah. market, which is gonna start going, it's just gonna stop paying. You know, it's as as the rates go down. So right, right. You could take advantage uh, with the. You know, not not as much risk as you would think you'd need. Sure, sure. Which means, I mean, of course, it depends on a person's person situation. But you know, you have a correction this year, and rates start to go down. Maybe it's time to uh, got that dry powder. Use it, right? Yeah, exactly right. You know, um, get off the sidelines. Go go into a mixture of bonds and equities. You know, this changes for everybody, though, right? Everyone's if you're right. in your if you're in your late seventies, early eighties, your the calculation is going to be much different than if you're late thirties, early forties. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. If you're in your, if you, if you have time, obviously you can take one look at this and see, okay, well, stocks <laughs> is the way to go. Um, I will say there's lies, damn lies in statistics, right? We're taking a measure from the beginning of the great financial crisis clear to these last few years with COVID and printing money. And I mean, look at the roller coaster ride that stocks have been on uh, essentially since, since COVID. It's been pretty wild. Yeah. But the directory is uh, still up. Yeah, yeah. And and I think if you went to somebody and said, hey, over this period of time, what is it? We're calling it not quite 18 years. Would you be down with a 20, 222% return? I think people would say yes. Yeah, definitely. I think I might say yes, even. Good gravy. <laughs> um, so bonds aren't dead yet. A mixed portfolio has some value, even though you're not maximizing, you're still doing better. 
I think smoothing it out, right? Exactly. Exactly right. Um, I'll be curious to see. You want to give us a take, hot take on when the Fed's going to cut rates? I want to say, I, I, I want them to do it in May, but I think they're going to do it in um, probably is it July, June? Is, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think June. Well, here um, I'm going to pull up. We're going to we don't usually go on the fly here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, here we go. I'm going to share my screen here. Yeah, I think it's June. All right. Um, nope. Here we go. Fed chart book. Here are the futures. Let's take a look. So you've got June or July. The likelihood um, of an implied rate cut growing by the month, where you know you get to late late um, December, and you know this pricing in a Fed fund rate of two four point two one. That's a almost a percent and a half rate cut. Yeah. What when is this? For, is this current? This is current, yeah. Okay. So still, I don't, I don't even know why there's even a possibility here of uh, of March because that's we can all agree that's March not is definitely not, and I don't think, I mean, they could still do it in May. It's only one report, um, yeah. But I don't know. My my gut says the Fed's going to be slow. Like they, they're usually not the fastest to make a change. So. I was say, are they ever early? <laughs> they're like never early. in the seventies. Maybe they did stuff not so well, but. Um, they don't want to relive that. So they want to be real sure. I think before they, they start dropping rates. Sure. You know, I, an interesting take I heard on this was, you know, they, they might rate cut rates a half a percent. So they're not over tightening, you know, get to that fed fund target rate of like 5% and try and leave it there until they have to really, really cut. Um, and the reason why those, those fed futures have big rate cuts down the road is because it's either we don't have, we have a soft landing and they just cut rates a little bit to not try not to over tighten, or we have a full blown recession and they're start, they're slashing rates in between meetings and cutting it by half of a percent or three quarters. So this of is percent. just the average of time. It's not, they're not saying it's going to cut 25 every meeting. Exactly. Right. So no. you get kind of this barbell effect where it's either going to be a little, or it's going to be a ton. Um, and nobody really knows for sure. I don't think the fed knows you. I definitely think the fed doesn't know. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we get to wait and see. Um, yeah. Well, then, uh, like, we'll do this again in June, and we're, I'm going to hold you to a prediction. All right. Let's see it. Not that, not that you know, anything's at stake here. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we, we snuck in an extra chart. So we went over Money Market, which I'll link to that visual uh, capital. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, we talked about the asset allocation performance. And, of course, the just for fun extra, we threw in the Fed. Um, the Fed futures uh, implied rates chart. Um, this is the part of the program, Eric, where we talk about what's on your mind. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you, what are you thinking about? Um, well, you know, I guess uh, I've actually been reading a lot of raw doll books lately. Oh, you and me uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> because of your, because of Hunter's school. Yeah. Just, and you know, he has to read some chapter books and I, I've actually, I mean, I didn't read them obviously since I was his age. Sure. But they're actually like, I mean, they're they're really entertaining and amusing. But I, I actually also find them like they really do hit some like serious kind of adult topics. Yes. Like, and they do it in a good way. I mean, like, there's some just read the BFG. I mean, that guy's got some 
PTSD. I mean, like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So we read my, my son read BFG. Have you watched the movie yet? No, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, we also just read the kids read and then we watched Matilda. Oh yeah. We just finished that one too. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, you know, we're, we're moving on the same lines. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the, the, the topics, they really teach the kids in a fun way. And I don't know if I even noticed this when I was a kid, For but sure. have some, you know, good stuff like, you know, like perseverance and, yep. you know, education being good and overcoming adversity and independence. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I Absolutely. really, so I think they're good books for, for kids. Nice. Well, good. Yeah. Um, that's funny that you're doing that. We are, we are too. I, James and the giant peach hasn't come, which is the one that I always think of rolled doll with. Um, but maybe that's what's next in our house. So we'll see what gets assigned. I didn't even know. And this is kind of embarrassing that he wrote Charlie and chocolate factor. I, I didn't even know that. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And it was the first one we read together and I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on a limb and say, you probably knew this, but have since forgotten. Uh, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, we're good. Well, I see we've been, I, that's not what, what is on my mind is my deep sorrow. We, the Super Bowl was just played. The 49ers <laughs> just lost. And we're a Super Bowl. We're a 49er household. My kid is deeply sorrowful that uh, the Niners lost. Uh, Henry specifically. Lily's it's probably the first time he didn't know his heroes could lose. You know? I kind of, you know, I don't think, he, well, he, he wasn't old enough to realize they weren't making the Super Bowl in the last couple of years, but he was in the, you know, the brainwashing is fully set in. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm, I am, I am trying to get caught up. I had, uh, I had a new year's goal of reading about a book a month, essentially 12 books this year. And I am, I am behind on said goal. I've like, I'm halfway through two different books. And what I need to do is how do you do slow that? Slow down. I, you know, I just, I don't know. I kind of get interested in one and I read it, read it, read it. And then something else piques my interest. So I start reading that too. And so I bounce back and forth. I'm all it's about, you know, fail fast. If you're moving to a new book, just dump the other book and move on. No, I'm, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm held, I'm committed now. I'm going to finish both of these books by the end of this month. And so that way I can be back on my goal of, of getting both of these done. But well, uh, you have the extra day this month, so. Yeah, going. right. I'm going to use the 29th to do it. That's a great idea. Nice. Well, cool. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric, thanks for jumping on this one. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we could to have you on. Uh, we'll have to have you back. We'll do yeah, more yeah. Um, so until the next one, um, keep watching the fed. We'll see if your predictions come true. Good luck with the books. Yeah. Thanks. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with, and securities are offered through, LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Perennial Investment Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Ford Financial Group and Perennial Investment Advisors are separate entities from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only, and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical, and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group, Perennial Investment Advisors, and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.